Welcome to Companion Pass. I'm thrilled to have you along on this wild ride as we explore the untamed world of rodeo life and the families and supporters that make it all happen. From thrilling arena action to quiet moments behind the scenes, this podcast is your ticket to the heart of true rodeo life. I'm Lindsay Branquino, and as a rodeo wife and mom myself, I've experienced firsthand the joys and challenges of life in and around rodeo. Together, we'll dive deep with rodeo families, rodeo athletes, and other folks who are living and breathing the Western way of life. We'll explore topics like raising families while husbands are away, navigating the dangers of a professional rodeo career, keeping a relationship alive when you're hundreds of miles apart, and what it takes to pursue your own goals in the midst of it all. Whether you're part of a rodeo family, a fan, or just someone who loves Western culture, Companion Pass will give you all the real, unfiltered insights you've been looking for. Let's dig in. Savannah Bennett is on the podcast today, and I am so excited to have you here. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. You are married to Caleb Bennett, of course. He's a 10-time NFR qualifier, and I just want to get to know everything about you two and your lives. It's a crazy life, as I told you, but yeah, I'm excited. Now, I know that you rodeo as well now, and so I'd love to hear about just like how you grew up and found your own love for rodeo before you and Caleb even met. Life pre-Caleb. Life pre-Caleb. Okay. <laughs> Growing up, I grew up in Salmon, Idaho. As a kid, I loved horses. And when I was four, my dad traded like his old motorcycle for a feedlot horse. <laughs> and I rode it every single day up and down the driveway. And then finally, when I was nine, they bought me a 22-year-old $1,000 barrel horse. And he ended up being really crippled. But he was the one that really lit the fire. And then after that, I junior high rodeoed and high school rodeoed and then went on and college rodeoed. I went to a couple pro rodeos when I was probably 18. I had a nice little older horse. And then probably two and a half years ago, the horse I ride now, Leo, he qualified for the semifinals of the American. So I went to Texas and got a glimpse of what it really was. And then I stayed down there that winter and kind of went to some of the rodeos and just just got my feet wet to see what it was. And he did pretty good. He was six at that time. And he did pretty good. And then I rode it a little the next year. And then this year was the most success I'd ever had on him. He, um, he made it to the Wilderness Circuit Finals. And yeah, so it was really fun. Yeah. So it started when you were obviously really young. You found the horse and had the passion for it. Did you, did the rest of, did you have like brothers and sisters or did anybody else in your family rodeo or were you the first one? So I have a brother. He played all the sports you can think of. Never rode a horse. My mom rode when she was younger. So nobody in my family had rodeoed. It was pretty much just me. So rodeoing all through high school and college, like you said, at what point did you meet Caleb? Okay, so <laughs> I'm going to tell you my side, and maybe somebody, he could tell them his side. But so the junior high rodeos and some of like the winter high school rodeos, high school rodeos were down in Ogden, Utah. And so Caleb lived around Utah his whole life. But I met him, I want to say when I was probably like 13 or so. And he, it's funny because then later on in life, when we were in our 20s, or when I was in my 20s, we started talking again. And he was telling me what I wore that day. And I was like, I don't, I vaguely remember meeting you. And he's remember you were sitting on this side of the stadium and you were in, and I was like, oh, but he says I was in high school. I don't know that I was actually in high school, but that's how we met. 
Oh my gosh. That's so cute that he remembers what you were wearing. Clearly, you made quite the impression on him. Yes, I did. I don't know. (laughs) I love that you said that you guys have different stories because Luke and I have different stories about how we officially met. And you're probably the third or fourth guest that has come on that has also had (laughs) starts it by saying we have different stories. So it must just be a cowboy thing. I don't know (laughs) that they remember things differently than we do. Yeah. Yeah. They always have a different story. Always. So how long have you and Caleb been officially together now or married? We've been married four years and we've been together six years. Okay. Obviously, the entire time that you guys have been together, he's been rodeoing. What has that meant for your relationship? What does your relationship look like with that being such a huge part of your lives? At first, I think it was a big change for me, like to date somebody who wasn't around all the time and who you're like, if you needed help or I'm at that point when I started dating him, I lived alone. And so I was like, gosh, I don't even know why I'm dating you. I don't even see you. And there was one point I had to move to Montana. So I was living in Nampa and he was living in Tremont, Utah when we started dating. And at one point I had to move to Montana. I was flipping houses and riding, I don't know, eight barrel horses a day. Anyways, and so my dad wanted me to move to Montana to run an RV business. And so I took my horses and moved here and lived with my friend for probably four or five months. And then I don't think I'd seen him in, I don't know, two and a half, three months. But I couldn't go anywhere because I had so much work. And so finally I was like, if you don't show up, I'm done. I don't know that I can do this. The rodeoing thing at first, I think, was tough for me. Learning that he was gone all the time and learning to be alone is holy world especially when you that's like your best friend yeah and you depend on him but then you're home by yourself we have 40 acres and 30 bucking horses and i have a full-time job and at that point or at that point i did have a full-time job and barrel horses and but you're alone like it sometimes it's tough because you feel like you're doing life by yourself i've definitely experienced that same feeling that like doing life by yourself thing and then Mm -hmm. hearing you talk i i related because when you're saying you're alone all the time But you find yourself in a weird limbo where you're alone, but you're also in a relationship with somebody. So you Mm -hmm. have a lot of the maybe responsibilities that come with running the house or taking care of the animals and all that, but you don't necessarily have any of the benefits that we all think of or want when we think about a relationship. Yeah, I agree. And then they're gone for sometimes Kel would be gone for eight weeks we live in Montana and it's so anyways after I told him the ultimate yeah. either show up or you don't then we ended up buying a house together and moving here but then he had to be gone even more because we're in Montana and we're pretty far from the rodeos and I couldn't go because I had to work so much and so it was it took it takes a while and then they come home so you like you're doing all their responsibilities all the horses all everything breaks when you have horses <laughs> Then they come home and you're like, whoa, <laughs> this is my setup. You're coming into my house. It's a, the learning curve, I think. Yeah, that kind of that sense of constantly having to readjust mm-hmm. your schedule or your timing and the way you do things when they come back. You're so happy to have them back. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, I, we don't do things like that here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're so excited that they're home. But at the same time, like sometimes you feel like, oh, my gosh, thank goodness he's home. Like I get a break for a minute. And then other times you're like, whoa, I have to cook dinner for two and do all of your laundry. <laughs> and you're like, oh, but it's always good. Yeah, for sure. So now this year you talked about how you've been rodeoing a little bit too. With you barrel racing, so you've got your rig, your truck and trailer, you're hauling your horses around. 
since Caleb is on the rough stock end of the arena, he hasn't been traveling with a truck and trailer. So how do you guys manage that? Are you going together? Are you having to go separately? How does that work? I claim the wilderness circuit, which is Utah, Idaho, Wyoming, Nevada a little bit. And he claims the Montana because I run, I go for good ground and he chooses a circuit with buck and horses. <laughs> and our lives, when I started the rodeo, it got even not our lives didn't separate more, but being together separated even more because now I still have a full-time job online and I have three head horses on the road and my rodeos, the closest ones are eight hours away. I'd have to like stay gone and then he rodeos in Montana. So it got, so he has a truck and camper and I have a rig full of horses and it got us not our marriage further apart, but like where we weren't seeing each other before I thought we didn't see each other. And now we really don't see each other. Yeah. It's more of a sacrifice for both of us going, but it's so worth it. Yeah. Are there ways that you've found that helps the two of you in your relationship to weather that sacrifice? Do you have any, I don't know, little tricks or tips or things that you've figured out or ways that you guys manage to stay connected when you have to be physically apart so much of the time? Talking. You have to talk all the time. It's and you can't be like, it's so hard. I think it's honestly, I think it's hard for both of us. But if you met my husband, he is the most loving human in all the world. And for some reason, like this summer, I think that everything in my life that I mean, between trucks, trailers, horses, everything that could happen, like I lit my axles on fire, my other axles <laughs> on my other trailer burned up. Like it was just like, it was pure chaos, like every day. But my husband, every time I talk to him, he's it's going to be okay. Just keep going. We'll figure it out. Where do we, who do we need to call? What do we need to do? He's just so positive when me, I'm like, oh my gosh, we can't afford this. We can't do this. And he's okay. Just keep going. I think supporting each other's dreams is huge. And I think for us, Caleb has, still has big dreams to fill and he's been to the NFR 10 times. And I want him to continue to do that until it's, he's done and it's really cool that he's in July. I finally got to quit my job and he's quit your job. Go rodeo. Just do it. And so I think supporting each other is so huge and talking about everything, like leaving nothing out because otherwise you get nuts. Like I feel like distant, I guess, because you're not doing life every single day together like most people. So I think talking is huge and being very supportive and yeah. Yeah, for sure. You're talking about all of these things that you're doing and what a crazy schedule you maintain. You just sound like an extremely motivated person uh, to be doing so many different things and, and so busy. Where does that come from? Is that something you've always had or have you had to build that as a skill to stay constantly motivated? I, once again, my husband <laughs> is a huge factor in it. <laughs> I bring him into everything, but He's the one that, you know, like, I guess he's now that I'm pregnant, he's like the soft husband now. I don't know what happened to him, but <laughs> he's the one that's even when I had to go to work every day, we were up at four o'clock in the gym and he's making sure I eat a good breakfast and making sure I can get home and ride my horses. And so he's a really big encourager of being better, like bettering yourself and like mentally being better and physically being better. And really what lights my fire is my horses. You go out there and it's what really lights right even more than that is you go out there like just when I went to Texas for the first time and I got my butt kicked. Like and my horse had made some good runs, but I got my butt kicked. But I also got to see that 
where I needed to improve. And one horse isn't going to cut it. I needed three. And so it just took, it lights my fire. And I think sometimes when you get beat and you want to figure it out so bad and you, I just think there's nothing that'll stop you. Yeah. There's just nothing that comes in your way. Yeah. Do you see that in Caleb as well? Does he approach competition with the same mentality that you do in that sense? Caleb's tough. (laughs) My husband, holy cow, that man is tough. Riding bareback horses is, I don't think there's anything that could be harder on your body. It's unreal what he rides with. Like Calgary, if you saw Calgary, he was in the top 12 and he had ripped up his leg really bad. He tore he tore his groin, he tore his quad, he tore his adductor, his hamstring. His leg was shredded. And this is um, all this like this this is all the same time. All, all of those the same different, time. Yeah. Oh. Left leg everything at the same time. And mind you, he's riding with a torn ra- rotator cuff, torn. You should see a shoulder. It's it's in really bad shape. It even the bones stick out. He rides with some rough stuff. So anyway, so this happens in the 12 man. And he calls me and I can't be there because obviously I have to be at rodeos. And so I'm watching him and I know I could just tell he was hurt. And so he calls me and he goes, I think I'm going to get on in the foreman. And I said, what happened? And he goes, I don't really know, but my leg's pretty bad. And it pays me 7500 just to get on. And I was at the point of your hearts because what they do is they could get hurt so quick and they could be over and it's scary. And when they're already hurt, it's even scarier. And my heart wanted to say, don't do it. But my husband's so tough. He's just so mentally tough. I knew whatever he had decided to do, he'd figure it out. And he got on. He got looked up in the foreman, but he freaking got on. He's just so tough. And like in the at home, like right now. So that happened. Then he had to have shoulder surgery. <laughs> so he's been home like pretty hurt. But that guy, I don't care what he's doing in the gym. Like he, he's just hardcore. He, every single day, like what we eat, what we talk about, every, what comes out of your mouth, positive. If you're sitting here talking negative about your life, my husband's going to be like, that's not going to get you a positive life. And then he's, it's just cool to watch him because he's just tough. Every aspect that you can think of, like he hurt his wrist one year and decided he was going to start running marathons. I don't even know how to explain him, but he really, he drives you to be better because that's just how he is every single day, no matter what he's doing. What an awesome partner to be sharing your life with, somebody that kind of elevates you and brings you up to that level. Because it sounds like not only is he that driven and that focused and that positive, but he's really channeling that into your guys' lives, all aspects. It's not just in the rodeo arena. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, I don't, yeah. My husband's just, it doesn't matter what he does. He's just, he's all or nothing else (laughs) in the world, but like. He decides that whatever he's going to do, he's all in and he's going to do it no matter what. So it is, yeah, it's a blessing to have somebody like that in your life. I'm sure that there are a lot of ways that has improved like your competitive drive and your kind of competitive edge. Like he's obviously been so successful in his career and sounds like he's really living his entire life that way. I'm sure you're taking little bits and pieces from that constantly and applying it to yourself in the pursuit of your own you know, dreams. Yeah, 100%. And even just like this morning, you're pregnant, you're sick, you wake up and you're like, I don't know that I want to get in the gym. I don't even know that I want to get out of bed today. But like, 
this morning, like they were in the gym, my gym, it's 20 degrees outside. My heater quit working. And I was like, and I got out there and I was like, shoot, this sucks. And I was like, (laughs) but my husband would do it. So I'm going to do it. So having him is just, I always, he's working out. I should work out. Like sometimes and when he decided he was going to run marathons, I remember one day it was a downpour, like sleet, cold. It was miserable. And he goes, I'm going to run 15 miles today. And I was like, no, not in this year, not. And he goes, no, that's what I said I was going to do. I'm going to do it today. And I drive down. We live a, on like the top of a hill. Like we don't live in a smaller. He's in town. He runs all the way to town, the sleet, snow. And I see him running down Main Street. And we're probably, I don't know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes from Main Street driving. And I'm like, and it's just downpouring. I was like, you, I mean, more power to you, but you are crazy. <laughs> But that's just his mentality. I said I was going to do it. I'm going to do it. And that's just, that's who Caleb is. And it's, yeah, Yeah. it really drives you forward. Now, I just have to ask you. So I've talked to a couple other wives of bareback riders and bull riders. Is Caleb like an adrenaline junkie? Does he need like extreme sports outside of rodeo? Because I know a few people are like, oh, yeah, I don't know what he's going to do after this, but it's something else. And the way it sounds like he pushes himself, it makes me wonder if he also falls into that category. So Caleb like hunts and stuff, but he doesn't have like, he ropes and hunts and, but he doesn't have a ton of time. He actually loves the gym. That's what actually lights his fire. He loves working out. And so he actually recently, Champion Living, they, he works with Doug Champion with Champion Living and now he's a trainer with Doug and he loves training people. And he loves working out. And that's like his, that's, that's his thing, the gym. And it's like the harder he works out, the more he sweats, the happier he is. And I'm like, more power to your buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do that. But so that's kind of what now I think he's 35. And I think that's what he's really looking forward to doing because he loves it. And I, I'm glad yeah. that he has that. How awesome for him to have something that another thing that he's super passionate about and sounds like he truly loves to a place to put his energy. Yeah. And turn into another career. Yeah. He loves it. He also has another career too. He's done it for I don't maybe eight years. I don't even know how long he's done it, but he's a bareback riding director for the PRCA. And he's done that for, I want to say he's going on eight years of it. And he actually, we have, that's why we have so many courses is because he loves bucking horses too. So I would imagine that the next part of life has a lot of bucking horses in it. He does. He loves that too. And he loves all of the guys and all the horses. And he's, Caleb is very knowledgeable when it comes to that stuff. So that's his other thing that he does too. He loves bucking horses. With all of the jobs, it sounds like you two are like the hardest working couple (laughs) in rodeo. (laughs) You just, you each just have teen full-time jobs and no extra spare time. Caleb does a lot. He really does. He rodeos, he trains people, and he is the director. I actually, when we decided to have a baby. I've worked on and off at RV dealerships for the last six years. And it's a full-time six to seven days a week when I'm not there. I do the websites. I do all of our service, all of our warranty, all everything. And when I decided to go rodeo full-time this year, I told my just do service and parts and stuff. And so I did all the online. But I finally, when we decided we were going to have a baby, I was finally like, I think that I'm going to take a year for me and I'm going to rodeo and so when I came home this year from the circuit finals, I'd set up to redo my floors in my house and take down some walls. And so it's been, I turned my two good horses out and I've just been riding my cool and 
it's the nicest thing I think I've ever done. Like I'm making a baby room and I get to be at my house. And so he's actually, you know, having all the jobs and I'm, I just told him I wanted to be pregnant and at my house for six months. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Since you've brought it up a few times now, I really want to hear about your journey into motherhood because that is the next big job that you guys are getting ready to take on. And if it's anything like my experience, it will be the best one that you ever have. Okay. So that was a full story, but about a year and a half ago, Caleb and I decided we would start trying. We didn't know like where it would go, if it would happen immediately, what would happen. We just thought it was our time in our lives. I'm 30. He's 35. We, it was, we were ready. We tried until probably February, March of this year. And then I started calling around to some IVF doctors and asking people. And it's complicated. And every doctor you talk to, you're six months out from getting in, from just a consultation. Um, And then one doctor in Utah, he actually answered the phone when I called the doctor himself. And he was like, tell me everything about IVF. And I was like, I am, I have no idea about what you're talking about. I just want a baby. So (laughs) anyway, it's that guy was actually super nice. And I had to go through tons of testing from March until July. I felt every week I was in a new testing center trying to figure something out. They did some testing on Caleb. And so that took us until July. And then I finally got in with the Utah Fertility Center in, down in Utah. And they have like six facilities down that way. And um, that doctor, we were actually in Oakley, Utah. And we weren't, no, we weren't together. He did a three-way call, Zoom call with us <laughs> for our first IVF appointment. And so anyways, and they just, the doctor was real quiet and just was like, we'll just get you started. Send me everything you have, all the testing. And then it felt every week from, if it was July 14th, every week from then on out, I was pretty much in Utah because I had to go hit two or three rodeos and then get back to a doctor for more testing and then hit two or three rodeos. So it was, this center was, it was wild. And then there, (laughs) you have to have, I don't know as much about IVF, but you, I had no clue when I started and they give you like this huge list of shots and medication and all this stuff that you have to order through all these special these specialty pharmacies and it's like really time sensitive. And so anyways, I just, they send you all these videos and I just started with the shots while I was on the road. And then it would have been in over Caldwell, Caldwell, Gooding, Burley. There's a couple more rodeos than that I was entered in. So they tell you they're going to do this egg retrieval, right? And they'll just be in and out, little surgery. It takes an hour, whatever. So I'm like, okay. And this whole time, I have doctor's appointments every day up until this egg retrieval. And they keep telling me, your your body's really reacting to all the medication. And I was like, okay. And every day they ultrasound you and they're like, you have a lot of full-term eggs. And I'm like, okay. I have no idea still what's happening. So I get in there and they take all the eggs out of me. They do this surgery. I wake up. I'm like seven months pregnant. So originally they had told me it would be three days. And then I could get back on a horse and I'd be ready to go again. So I'm entered for the next however long. And so they're, they start giving me all this paperwork about like how I have this, whatever this syndrome is that I have from having so many eggs. And at this point, I'm like, I'm a little bit worried. I'm like, I'm entered. So I'm I'm good to go ride in three days. And they're like, I'd give it at least a week. 
So one of my really good friends rented a house in Salt Lake. My mom took my horses home. And they stayed with me for four nights. And then they drove me back to my mom's because I was just, I'm still, I'm just like huge. So they take me back to my mom's. And so my mom goes, you can't go anywhere. So I'm calling the doctor every day. <laughs> I'm like, can I get on my horse yet? I still can't even ride. So I'm having this, my friend's little girl load my horses. And anyway, so I ended up being 14 days later before my body started to, the swelling started to go down and I could go ride again. But after seven days, I made my mom get in the truck with me and we headed to the rodeos because they didn't tell me an exact day that I couldn't ride or, or couldn't get on they, or that I could get on. They just kept every day. They were like, give it one more day, give it one more day until finally they let me ride. But it was, that was a, this summer was pretty wild. It was, and I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And then, then you have to wait three weeks, I think. And they start you on a whole nother set of medication, which messes with your body once again. And then they implanted the baby on September 11th. And the baby is 22 days old. Yeah, that was, that was the IVF story, but it was a, I'm a, oh yeah, I'll try it. I'll do it. And then once I got into the IVF, I was like, holy cow. I didn't realize what oh, I was like that for. But sure. Yeah. I don't, I, it would be hard to have any idea exactly what you're taking on if you haven't done it the first time. Like you're explaining all of this to me and I had no idea so much of the process. I think you hear a lot about it in more vague terms from people that have experienced it, but all the little details and the nitty gritty of the days and how many appointments and stuff there are, I think is lost on a lot of us. And what an experience that must have been just so, so much. I'm, I'm like overwhelmed trying to think of all the feelings that I would be thinking. When you're talking about going to all of these appointments, like how much of that was Caleb able to go to with you? None. Yeah. He couldn't even be there when they took the eggs out. He couldn't go to, we weren't, he couldn't go to any of it until there's blessings and everything in our lives. And like crazy stuff happens. My husband got really hurt, which I mean, when every wife knows when, if your husband's hurt, like that's how you pay your bills. So obviously stuff gets really stressful when A, we're starting IVF and then my husband gets hurt. That's pretty stressful. But it was a blessing in disguise because he got to go rodeo with me. He'd never been on the road with me. He'd never been, he'd never, he had no idea what it was like to have horses and be with me on the road. And then he got to be there when they implanted the baby. So he got to be there when they put the baby in and that was pretty special. And so there's a blessing in everything, but yeah. He didn't get to go to anything until that, but I think there was a reason. How great for you guys to have that special time together, especially if you're going to be a new mom next year and that this summer really, I can't think if he's going to rodeo, like that you guys would have that opportunity again, unless it was presented in this way that he got to just jump in with you and go be a barrel racing husband. He was a barrel <laughs> racing husband. And I don't think even before that, I don't think people really even knew that I really had a husband because my mom was with me <laughs> or I was alone. You know, I think, you know, people who didn't know me didn't even know I was married just because, you know, he couldn't be with me, which is fine. We knew that, but it was cool to have him. And I think he always makes fun of my horses which, <laughs> because they're, they're special and I spend so much time with them. They're a huge part of my life. And he always makes fun of my horses. And then I think he's yeah, one day, I can't remember what he said, Leo ran really good and he was there. And he was like, 
petting him and watering him. I think he even gave him some treats. And I was like, are you sick? What's wrong with you? But yeah, it was wonderful having my husband on the road. It was cool. If all the other bareback riders could have seen him giving your barrel horse treats, right? I know. <laughs> and he would pack water buckets and his friends would see him and be like, I'm just the water boy now. I'm like, yeah, I guess. I love that. Also, during this time, I can imagine that you're probably on like a, a being pregnant, just the experience of being pregnant is very like emotional and your hormones are kind of crazy. And I would assume that you're probably experiencing that like in a very intense way if you're having to take shots and things like that too. And that's like a whole other layer of weathering this everything you're going through during that time period, including his injury and, and everything you just mentioned. Actually, the first round when they're going to take the eggs, I never, I think maybe this is strange, but I think maybe how I did it was the best way possible because I wasn't sitting around, you know, hoping for this baby or thinking about this baby or thinking about what I was taking. I was like, oh, 8 a.m. I got to take shots again. I got to. So, um, I didn't give myself the chance to worry and I and let the emotions and that get to me, which I think was huge. Um, and I think even, you know, the medication to when before they implanted the baby, that actually was I had a couple of really bad allergic reactions to the medication. But oh. at that point. So I never actually because I'm so busy and then I had I was 10 weeks and had my first circuit finals. So that got me because it, it was making me so sick. I was just volatile sick all the time. But so I never really, I never had time to slow down and let the emotions, I was just had so many things going on until I got so sick. I actually, I think the best, I did it in the best way I could have possibly have done it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I like it. It goes back to what you were just saying, how there's a blessing in everything, right? There's a blessing Mm -hmm. in staying busy. (laughs) Yeah, there really is. Okay. Can you tell the story of the circuit finals? Because I know you mentioned that before. But just the experience of going through that and being so sick. Gosh. Okay. So I decided just, I have a grammar that I call JJ. Bill Kennedy actually owns her, but she lives with me. And then <laughs> Leo is mine. And so those two horses are, they're constant. Those horses, I lost a lot of my vision. I was having pretty bad allergic reactions prior to it. Caleb was home, which is also him being home was a blessing because I got to where I couldn't drive. I couldn't even drive myself down to go to the grocery store. And I was like shaking so bad and my vision was so bad. But my two horses, I remember one day I stepped off a Leo and I, I couldn't see super great. I had like double vision all the time because I was having more reactions to that medicine. And I stepped off Leo and I like felt flat. And I was like, oh my God, I know I'm going to do this. And I remember I was like, I can't tell Caleb because he'll be like, you can't ride those horses, but he couldn't ride them, keep them in shape. So this was like the week before the circuit finals. And then finally, it was probably the hardest two weeks just because I was, I've never been so sick in my life. At one point I left, I lost feeling in my left hand and my left leg. And it was like, I hadn't, I don't even know. So finally one night, Caleb, you need to go to the emergency room. And I was like, I can't go to the emergency room because the only thing that's going to keep this baby alive is the medicine they're, they're giving me. So if I can breathe and I can sit on the couch, I'm going to get through. It'll be fine. And anyway, so that that week was, that was the last, I guess it lasted about two weeks. It was rough. And then finally I called the IVF center at, at like a day or two later. And when I got really bad, I'd lost like 12 pounds and like, oh. which in two weeks, like I was bad. And 
I called the IVF center and I was nine weeks and five days. And she goes, stop taking the medication right now. And I think I had to leave the next day, nine weeks and six days or something like that. They count it super close. And I had to leave the next day for Heber City. And I remember thinking, please just get me there. I don't even care what happens once I get there. Just get me on my horses there and just let me just be there. Let me just be here and enjoy it. And the next morning after we got there, they had braille practice. And I remember there's a bathroom in the stall area. And I got there at seven and I sat, I got my horse just saddled and I went in the bathroom and I puked. And I was like, all right, that's it. I'm done. I'm not going to be sick anymore. And actually the circuit finals was, I went into it just like so ecstatic and happy. And I was so, I just felt so blessed to even be there. And nobody had any idea like, you know, what I was feeling, but I was just like, I can't even believe A, that I'm here. That's, this is one of my goals that I've set for myself and my dreams. And B, I have a baby inside of me. I have a baby. I have a baby. I'm here. The coolest thing in all the world. Two of the dreams are coming true for me, even though I'm so sick and I'll sleep, whatever. I didn't even care. I was just like, I'm here. So the circuit finals, and then I ended up, I came in seventh and I ended up winning the average. And it was just, the whole thing was just so special. It was just, it was, yeah, I couldn't have chosen any other way. Oh, I can feel your joy when you tell that story. And I think it's so easy to get caught up in the, or get pulled down by the difficult things in life or being sick or not feeling good and wallow in that. But to hear like this perfect story about how you rose above it and all you, like your overwhelming feeling was just gratitude and happiness to be there and the things that you had in your life. Like, how awesome is that? So cool. It was so cool. (laughs) I was, you ride around and you're, and you talk to all the girls and they're, the girls, they're unbelievable. The wilderness circuit girls and the people, I, I can't even tell you how amazing those people are, but you ride around and they're worried. And one girl goes, she goes, where, like, where are you sitting the average? Like, how much money do you want? I was like, I don't know. I'm here. I don't even care. <laughs> so it's just, I just think, I don't know. Your attitude just changes. And it's just, I was just felt so lucky. I still feel so lucky. I still can't believe that I'm here. And I got to do all that. And it's just amazing. Yeah. It seems like you really do have just like a, a excellent positive attitude and outlook and just optimism is like flowing out of you. How do you maintain that? And how important do you think that is in finding success? My life has changed in the last two years because instead of when your bearings light on fire and you can't get your horses out fast enough and you're in the middle of the road in Salt Lake City, instead of being mad and cussing and like you panic. Yeah. I mean, you're going to panic. But guess what? I got my horses out of the trailer and it's fine and everybody's alive and everybody's happy and it's fixable. And your attitude is so huge in your life. And I think who you surround yourself with too and who you're talking to and what you're talking about. And if you're surrounded and you're talking to people that are negative and I just think life's tough on everybody. Everybody has a story. Nobody's life is easy. You have no idea what's happening in their lives. And I just think that you have to be positive and you have to be uplifting in life because you open the door every day and you're upset about something. Life's not perfect. Stuff happens to everyone. And I think you get to choose your attitude and you get to choose how you respond to every situation in life. And I 
think it's huge. I think it's huge in your marriage. I think it's huge in success. I think it's huge in so many aspects of life. And so I just choose to be positive and choose joy because if you're not happy, what are you doing in life? You mentioned your life changing in the last two years. Is that Was there some catalyst that that happened that changed your outlook? I think I I always just had my head to the ground and worked and like making money and that was huge in my life and instead of just like enjoying life stuff happens enjoy life do things that you love be with people that you love and I wasn't chasing my dreams I was just working my freaking butt off every single day and I was miserable I was I was still happy and fun and I lived a great life but deep down you go to bed and you're like I want to go rodeo I want to go ride the best horses possible like I want there's things that I still had to fulfill my life and I think once I started rodeoing and realized things tough the road is tough like I've gone through some weird things like I have a protection dog now because I got in a really bad situation like life's tough but you just figure it out and navigate it and um your attitude's you to keep moving forward now I think I could go back to working every day and I'd be, you know, I'd handle things a lot differently. But yeah, I think just the past couple of years of rodeo has really opened my eyes to like, there's so much in life and like gratitude that I even ever got to do it. Like, it's just, yeah. it's huge that I even got to be there and do it. So. Yeah. What excellent advice, though. I love that you found something that made you feel fulfilled in in such a way that changed you like that. And I loved like going to the rodeos and watching my husband. I love watching my husband. Like what he does is such a, it's such a thrill and it, it's so exciting. But at the same time, I was like, I have a dream too. And so still to this day, like I try to watch, even if I can't be there or I'm at a rodeo, I can be warmed up my horse. Oh, I gotta watch my husband. So I, I love watching him, but I'm probably not, I, myself like I have to be very busy and very physical and very like I'm very goal oriented and if I'm not headed towards my next goal I'm just in this limbo and that's how I feel even though I'm working every day I'm still like in a limbo so for me having my own goals and my own dreams and chasing them is huge I found too I experienced something very similar to what you're describing but I found too that when I started doing that for myself I was in such a better place mentally, emotionally, to be able to support the other people in my life as they went after the things that they wanted. It was so much easier to give of myself when I felt fulfilled by what I was doing. I feel the exact same way. The exact same way. I think I wrote in my thing that I told you, love everyone, hug them. And it's so much easier. I loved everybody before. That was just, that's just my mentality. People that like to be hugged, I'm like, I'm going to hug you anyway. But like you and I would get along great. (laughs) But even now what you're saying, it's so much easier to encourage other people and truly genuinely want to help them and be able to help them. And it's just, yeah, it's different. (laughs) I suddenly felt like I had more to give. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. (laughs) I 100% agree. So since life's going to be changing for you guys with the addition of the new little one, what do you envision? Like, how do you envision this or anticipate this changing your life? What is life going to look like when there's the three of you soon? I just, I think he's just going to go with me. I'd be fine. <laughs> I honestly, like, I would like to start rodeoing. I'm due May 31st. And um, I would like to start rodeoing in July. 
I have big plans as long as everything goes as I have planned, which it probably won't because that's how life <laughs> goes. But until then, I'm going to like the gym, like working out. You've been pregnant. It's tough. <laughs> but at the same time, if I slow down or quit or don't go chase right now, I, the gym's going to be something and trying to eat healthy and be keep my body strong right now is going to be big for getting back on a horse in July. And my goal is to be back on a horse in July. So I don't think it's going to change much. I think maybe Caleb's going to, he'll start rodeoing in January again. I think maybe his rodeos might intertwine with mine a little bit more. If there's a maybe. So that might change our lives a little bit. But no, I think we're going to try to keep going just as is and bring a baby with us. And my mom goes with us. And so we have so much help. Oh, that's awesome. I love that your mom goes with you too. I think that's really special. It's so special. My mom is yeah. the absolute greatest. We're sitting here talking about you're on the show called Companion Pass in in the role of being Caleb's companion. But in the same sense, like your mom is yours. And I can really relate to that because rodeo was always the thing I did with my dad. And my dad, even when I was pro rodeoing, he would fly out and come with me for a couple of weeks. And so I always thought of him in that role. And to have a parent there watching you is such a special experience and not one that I think is as common as the spouses that we talk to and talk about. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I, I, it's really special that I have a husband like I do. And I have my dad, like I said, he doesn't have anything to do with rodeo. Would he support Caleb and I in anything we dreamt of doing? Absolutely. The only person he really shows up to the rodeos for is Caleb. <laughs> but my mom, she's she is with me. She's everything that I can tell you that has happened throughout the last couple of years of rodeoing and the summer and the people and the horses. My mom has been there every minute of every day. She's yeah, yeah. She's yeah. I couldn't even. Somebody had an interview on a radio show the other day, and they said, "What about your mom?" And I just started crying. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I think I have an overwhelming gratitude towards my mom because. She really does. If I'm sad or if I'm happy or if my horse is hurt or whatever happens, that I'm like there. She's yeah. enduring it with me. It's pretty special to have somebody like that. Oh, absolutely. Invaluable, really. And right to have her right there by your side all the time because so much of the time we have to support our loved ones from afar, particularly in this lifestyle because of the distance that it requires us to be from them. So what a gift that she's there with you every single moment. And I can only imagine that she's going to stick even closer when there's a baby in the mix too. Grandma's not going to want to go anywhere. Yeah. She actually told me the other day, she's going to put a nursery in her house too. My family's huge. My friends are huge. And if you think about the rodeo world and having the people surrounded by good people that truly support you and you support them and your friendships and they're huge. And your family's huge. And I've learned, especially this last year, it was rough. And the people that stood up and showed up and so many people as your husband and you rodeo and they open their doors to you, calm, text them at one o'clock in the morning. (laughs) I need somewhere to stop and they feed you dinner or keep you and you put your horses in stalls. And I don't know, so many people have reached out and helped us like true, wonderful people and in the rodeo world, I, I think especially my husband, he has his people that he stops at and his friends that really support him on the road. And I think I've gathered that myself too, is having my all of my people that 
help me and support me and that are on the road with you. And it, it's pretty shocking how many people, when you need it, that they're there. Oh, ab- absolutely. And I'm sure, too, another kind of component of that for Caleb is the he's so much a part of that world, too. But him knowing that sending you out alone, you're pregnant, you've got horses, you're doing the whole thing by yourself. Is this probably a comfort to him knowing that there are so many people that you could call if you needed something or so many other people that will be there for you and help you out and give you whatever you need when he can't be there? Yeah, I think that's, like I said earlier, I think that's the hardest thing for him is for Caleb is having me on the road by myself because I have, I didn't tell you about this, my parents have an old farmhouse in Nampa, Idaho. And anyways, one night, I didn't have a gun. I didn't have a dog. I had zero protection because, you know, I don't know. I should think about it more. Most women do, but I just, I feel like I've always felt like I'm invincible. Just go through life and that's not going to happen to me. And actually, this is the house I lived in by myself when Caleb and I started dating. And I've never even, it's like an old farmhouse on 20 acres, like on the outskirts of Nampa, like quiet old farm road. You would never think this would happen. Never. And anyway, she was, there's like these, there's like a deck on the outside of my window and I had, there's chairs, little seating area and chairs. So we were supposed to leave it. My alarm was set at four. And so at 3.57, somebody is banging on all the doors and slamming because it's got like the old farmhouse doors on it, huge windows and it's just old. And you can bang the back screen door and banging on all the windows and all the doors. Anyways, and I thought when I heard it, I thought my mom had been up and she'd been out in the trailer, like taking packing stuff out. I didn't for one second think somebody was trying to get in. And my mom comes like running in my bedroom and I'll have contacts in, I don't have glasses in. And she's like, someone's trying to get in the house. And it feels like there's a thousand people. There was only one because she was like moving so fast. Obviously she was actually running from the cops, trying to get into our house to get away from the cops. Anyway, Running around the house. My mom runs in. She's, somebody's trying to get in the house. Hide in the bathroom. And I'm like, I like sit up and I'm like, what? And all of a sudden I hear this just banging on my window. And I dial 911 on my phone and sit up and my mom runs to the bathroom. And I rip back the curtains and I'm like, and I said every foul word I had in my <laughs> vocabulary. And I tried to go back after them. And finally, the they dropped their stuff and put their hands up and started walking backwards because I was pretty adamant that I was going to kill them. So anyways, they dropped their stuff and started walking backwards and trying to talk to me. And I was like, you better effing run or I'm going to kill you. <laughs> anyways, she stood there for, I don't know, a few minutes and just staring at me high as a kite, like, oh. like really thought I was going to kill her. Anyways, and finally she runs and the cops come five minutes later and they never found him. But anyway, she left all of her stuff for me to look through. Oh, but she was wanted and ended up we had all of her information they found out she was wanted in six different states for oh, all these like grand theft and murder and drugs and i was like what it was bad but anyway so that happened and so i think after that i was like my husband was even more cautious and i was like i, yeah. I don't even know how to shoot a gun wow that i have never heard a rodeo story quite like that that definitely takes the cake I'm so glad you're okay, first of all. And clearly we know, everyone now knows not to mess with you. I wouldn't now. I'm a little bit over <laughs> yeah. over the top now. But that, then I was like, I guess like your instincts kind of kicked in because I really didn't have yeah. anything. I didn't have a gun. I didn't have a dog. I didn't yeah. even have a dang knife. Like I had nothing. Yeah. I didn't have pepper spray. Not a thing. 
So I think yeah. then that's another thing. You, you need to protect yourself. Sure. It's funny you said at the beginning of that that you think you're invincible. And when I was rodeoing by myself, 19, 20, 21, driving all over the country on my own most of the time, I think back on that now as a mom and being older and I'm like, how am I still alive? I think about yes. some of the situations I'm in, pulled over on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere and somebody stops and it scares me now. Like it won't leave me in a yeah. cold sweat now because I'm like, fortunately, everybody was always nice and kind, but you never know when that stuff's going to happen. And I just, I must have had some serious guardian angels because there are plenty of times I can think of that things could have gone really awfully for me as a young girl by myself in the middle of nowhere. Yes. And you like that. You're so naive and yes. you're young and nothing is going to, that's not going to happen to you. Right? You, that's what you think. You're like, that's like in the news. That stuff doesn't happen yeah. around here. And everybody's yeah. good. Everybody's nice, right? Everybody's nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're not. They all just want a hug. <laughs> Everybody wants to give me a hug, I think. Yeah. They actually, yeah, they do want to give you a hug. And take you. Yeah, exactly. It's funny because I always like to end the shows by asking the guests what their favorite rodeo moment or memory was. And I feel like you and I led into that perfectly by getting what your worst rodeo moment or memory was out of the way. So now whatever your favorite one is going to just soar in comparison. Like I told you about the circuit finals this year, I, I really think that was really special because of everything that we had been through just to get there. Yeah. I had a baby. Nothing else mattered. And right. it was cool, too, because I think it was four years ago, four or five years ago. I don't know. Caleb won something in the circuit finals. And I think he won the year in and the average or whatever at that same circuit finals. And I had the video like it came up, you know, on your Facebook page. It comes up as your memories from four or five years ago or whatever. And I was like, still, Caleb and I were dating. We weren't married. We weren't even engaged. I don't think yet. And he's, I want you to come out there with me and get the buckle and the saddle and all this stuff. And I can't even remember what he said, but he said something. He like leaned me back and kissed me in front of the whole crowd. Oh, and I about died. So I think it was cool too. Just I got to stand up there and get my own buckle this year in front of that crowd. He wasn't there, but it was just, it's just, I think that circle finals is special. And four or five years ago, that was a special time. And then I got to go do it myself. And that was pretty cool. Oh, that's awesome. Another full circle moment. Yeah. That circuit finals is probably pretty special to us, but <laughs> it is. Now, this year, this coming year, we need the three of you up on stage all together. And I want to recreate the kiss. This will be what we'll cover next time. <laughs> three of us. I have just loved getting to know more about you and your life. And I'm leaving feeling really inspired to embrace more joy in my life. I love that. I'm glad. I want everybody to feel joy and happiness. And yeah, I love it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I hope you've had as much fun as I have listening to the heartwarming stories, adventures, mishaps, and life lessons from the arena and beyond. Now that you're officially a member of our Big Rodeo family, it would mean so much to us if you could take a moment to leave a rating and a written review. I'm passionate about putting these stories out into the world, and I love hearing your feedback. Knowing exactly what you want to hear more of or how an episode resonated with you helps us to continue to grow and, most importantly, share even more of our wild rodeo lives. Mm -hmm.